Welcome back to Growing in His Word. God bless you guys. Listen, last week was radical, man, because we talked about the candlesticks in Revelation chapter 2. Ephesus was the church that uh, the, the angel was writing to. And Jesus Christ was writing these letters using John on the island of Patmos. John was on the island of Patmos. He was persecuted to the island of Patmos where he was writing the book of Revelation. And so the loveless church is being displayed. God is writing to the seven churches. The candlesticks are the seven churches and the stars are the pastors of those churches. And that's why God says he have, has them in his right hand, and which is pretty radical. But the stars are the pastors and Jesus is the author of this book, but he's using John to see the end times and he's, and he's using it for his glory. Last week we talked about all the way to verse 8, but we were talking about how God says, I know your works. And he was talking to the church of Ephesus because they were loveless. They didn't have the love of Christ that they once had. They, they so to speak, they negotiated with the world. You know, they, they, they didn't remember from where they had fallen. They were listening to the Nicola- the Nicolaitans and they were uh the Nicolaitans were a heretic heretics they were a group of heretics that troubled the churches at Ephesus and Pergamos and so their teachings were immoral they were they were disgusting they were they were sexually immoral and they were trying to spread this nasty stuff into the body of Christ and last week we left off on, on verse 8, but I want to recap and go back to where verse six, 6 to verse 3 it says, and it said, basically it's saying, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have preserved and have patience and have labored from, for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have lost and are, have left your first love. Listen, Lord, we come before you, Father. We ask that you bless this sermon time, Father, this podcast. We pray that you bless it in your name, Jesus. Amen. Listen, remember, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the, and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this... But this you have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Listen. You know, when we receive Jesus Christ, we're born again. We don't need to compromise and get out there and become something that we're not. Believers, listen. Revelation is a love letter. Regardless of what you hear from other pastors, it's a love letter. It's not scary. It was written for us to understand that in the end times, Jesus Christ is warning us through John and recorded. He recorded this way before anything ever happened. Listen, we're living in a world today where sinners want us to recognize their sin and accept their sinful behavior. Okay? God says to love the sinner but hate the sin. Okay? We love, we love non-believers. God wants us to love non-believers. 
But we're living in a time where pastors and leaders and churches are compromising from what they very first started to believe in the message of Christ, which was to love one another. Jesus said, if you do these things, these are the things that actually recognize a believer who follows Christ. We cannot negotiate a little leaven leavens a lump. Listen, believers, John is saying, don't do the things that you don't want to do. Listen, remember, love, love. Give the glory to Jesus Christ in love. John was writing a letter saying, these are the promises to those who endure the word. Endure it until the end. Listen. He says, endure it to the end, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. I'll judge the church. He will judge. It doesn't matter. I was talking to a guy yesterday and on the streets. I said, it doesn't matter how much money you have or what you obtain. It doesn't matter how many buildings you own. It doesn't matter how much cash you have. It doesn't matter what you do. On And what matters is that you believe that Jesus Christ died for you and he rose again and that you get out there and be doers of the word, not only hearers. Listen, there's so many people who want to sit in the church and get on TV and be famous. But where is the glory going to? We have so many churches that are itchy ear message. Oh, it feels so good. But they leave and they carry on their life without realizing that Jesus Christ died for them. You know, the other day I was talking to a woman and I asked her what church she was going to. And she, oh, she had this marvelous, marvelous tickle about this church she was going to and how the pastor smiled all the time and told her everything she wanted to hear except for to get out there and love one another and tell people that they, love, they are loved by Jesus Christ and that Jesus has a plan for them. What is the Great Commission? Oh, I don't want to hear it from this guy. Well, then turn me off. But know this. The cemetery is full of dead people that nobody remembers. And when we stand before God, we will be judged. Are you ready to give accountability for what God has given you on this earth? This is what the Bible is talking about. God is saying, I will remove your lampstand from its place and judge you unless you repent. Because repent is the, is the number one thing that brings us to Christ. Listen, Verse 6 says, But this you have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I have also hated. You see? The go-betweeners. You see? The Nicolaitans. These were the guys who were nasty. What are we seeing now? We see nasty in this world. Listen. The Nicolaitans in Greek, it's Nico. It's priest. It means priest. Latia, whatever. It's, it's, it's priesthood. They were the reps, the go-between from the Old Testament. And they would go to the, the synagogue or they would go to the temple and, and they would give words to the leaders, to the people, and they would be the leaders. Jesus said, forget your priests. He died. He came and he rose again. He said, I am the only way, the truth and the life. Listen, 
You can know the Word of God, but are you actually getting out there and doing something with it? It's so many people, they know verse by verse by verse by verse, but, but they do nothing. This is what God's saying. Ephesus was a compromiser. They didn't have any love. They checked people. They would check them and make sure that they were doing the right thing, but they, were, they had no love. We're going to be judged on our motivation be, be, behind our works. We're going to be judged on the motivation behind our works. God sees our very, very deepest hidden motivation of what we are and who we are. It's what we do with that motivation for His glory, not ours. This church was loveless. And so therefore God said, I will judge you. Then he says in verse 7, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give you to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. That's the, that's the pretty much simple. It's heaven. It's, it's, it's the tree of life. It, it's, it's, it, it gives lives. This is the eternal life that, that John chapter 20 was talking about. Listen, believers, the tree, it symbolizes the eternal life of God. He's made it available to humankind. And the tree of life was present in the Garden of Eden. But its fruit was not eaten because of Adam and Eve and fallen into sin. Listen, Genesis chapter 2. You know, Jesus came to the earth to restore humankind. And again, offer that same tree that we messed up. But those who are in the new paradise will take partake of the tree of life. Listen, the fruit of the tree is the love of Christ. Believers, listen. You cannot force fruit out of your life. It's Christ in us, the Holy Spirit in us that bears the fruit. The fruit is the conviction of Jesus Christ when we're convicted of the things that we do wrong. The fruit is the love, the joy, the peace. This is what the church of Ephesus did not have. They did not have that love. Ephesus was off. They were spiritually off. They fell. We got to be more loving. We can't go... Uh, wake up in the morning and force the love. It's, it, it's Jesus in us that loves others. It, 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 it's a love that you can't describe. It's the love of Christ. It's His agape love who He died for us on the cross. We don't have to work our way. This love is, is the love that God's given us freely so that we can share it with others. First John says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust, the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Listen, forever. There's deception. It's coming. It, it says it. The Antichrist, the the... the False prophets. 
But we believers must love one another. This is the test. Keeping God's word is the proof that we love God. And when we love our brother, we will live without stumbling. You see? We don't love the things of the world or what's in the world. You know, we can't, we can't, we're, we're not going to be filled. This is what God is saying to love one another. We're children of God and we need to act like children of God. We need to behave in a way, even as a uh, you know, believer like myself, we mess up. We all mess up. We're, 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 we're all sinners. But we got to repent and move on. Listen, God loves you. And, and He says, let the truth abide in you because this is what it's about, the truth in you. We as believers cannot pretend we must love one another. This is what the church was missing. Listen, he said, I'll remove your lampstand and I'm going to judge the church. Listen to 1 John in verse 16. It says, by this we know, we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Well, this is the problem. It says in verse 18, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we, we have confidence towards God and whatever we ask, we receive for him because his commandments, his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight listen and this is his commandments that we should believe on the name of his son jesus christ and love one another as he gave us commandment this is how we can decide whether you're really truly a believer or you're just washed up in white snow and you're just playing games because Christ was about love. His motivations were to send his son to the cross to die for us because he loved us and he still loves us with an everlasting love. You see, believers, we're not about to change God's Bible. We must live in the truth and the truth is to repent from our wicked ways and follow Jesus Christ and love others because love covers a multitude of sins. And this, this church was not becoming the loving church that Christ wanted. So he said, I will go ahead and, and that's it. I will, I will judge and remove the lampstand. And my favorite one is knowing God through love. Because verse 7 says that, beloved, this is 1 John. Listen, 1 John, you need to know this. 1 John chapter 4 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for the love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God. <laughs> Listen, and he knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And in this love, God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him in this. And listen, in this is love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his Son 
to die for us, for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. That's the key to following Jesus Christ. Believers, listen to me. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody needs to be loved. But we can't sit there and make connections with everybody and love them. I get it. I understand you're thinking, man, I get it, man. What are you trying to say? I should go around kissing everybody? <laughs> no. What I'm saying is, is you should go, go out there and, and allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life so that the fruit of God can live in you and that the fruit will, the tree of, will bear fruit in your life and they will see this spiritual apple or pear and you'll be like, wow, man. They'll be like, well, let me have one of those. And you're like, praise the Lord. Here, take a bite. Wow, I want some of what he's eating. I want what some of she's drinking. This is the love of Christ in us that compels non-believers to receive them. Not some itchy ear message where it looks good on the pulpit and people are smiling and you got these big, nice, purple lollipop churches with lights and nice globe lights and, 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 and smoke. And You ever been in those churches? You walk inside there and you're like, man, <laughs> I can't breathe. You think, you think COVID's bad. You choked out one of those nightclub churches. You know, little little 70s balls. Back in the day, we had these 70s disco balls. You know, I'm, I'm a 70s child. And, you know, they, they turned these strobe lights on. Yeah, I wore bell bottoms. Yeah, don't make it fun of me. They were cords. Listen, but we were all one of cord. And so they were sitting there and they were, you know, they put these big lights on there. And, you know, the Bee Gees would come on and, woo, you know, it would be radical, man, you know, and. That's what you got. Lollipop churches. God doesn't want them. He wants a, a pastor that preaches love. Well, it can't be all love. No, but you should live it. When someone's hungry, don't say be warm and be filled and pat them on the back. This is why your church is gone. This is why your church has been Taken out by the glory of God. God has taken out your churches and he's burned down your lampstands and he's put it out and said, you division causers, you know who you are. You came in, you crept in, you you Nikos. You came in here and you wouldn't listen to the, and be obedient to Jesus Christ and God's taken and removed your church. Churches. And now you're not flying anywhere, are you? And he can remove the lampstand anytime he wants because he's God and he has the power to remove the lampstand. And he's done it. You see the church, the church is divided and not flying anymore where they need to go. It's true. Jesus Christ will judge the churches if they're not doing what God has commanded them to do. Listen, love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. I said, love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear 
Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And we must follow that pattern. If that pattern is disrespected or not practiced, we see the disco churches being removed. We see the itchy ear message pastors being removed. We see the leadership being removed and the deep motivation behind the church is going to be removed because God is not a respecter of man or persons or things. He doesn't care about judgment because he's going to judge people, not us. Listen, are you ready, church? Are you believers? I know this is a hard message, but you got to understand that we believers are living in the last days. They want us to accept their behavior. We're going to see this. Listen. And verse 8 says, And to the angel of the church of Smyrna write these things, says the first and the last who was dead and came to life, I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy by those of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are synagogues of Satan. And so we have it where Jesus we're talking about in the last, in the days where the Jews you know, would come to him, the, the Pharisees and everyone, and, he, and he, they asked him, and he said, listen, he told them. Paul talked about a lot of this. And we see Smyrna was the modern great day of Turkey. Jesus said to the Jews and to them, he said, verily, 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 I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. I was the beginning and the end. I was the Alpha and the Omega. He said, here he's saying, those who say they are Jews are not, but they are a synagogue of Satan. It says, it says, listen to these. Listen. He says, then he took, then they took up the stones to cast at Adam, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them, and so they passed by. You see, Jesus told the Jews, if you knew who I was, you would not, you know, you would know you're a real Jew because a real Jew would be a real uh, a messianic believer. We're not talking about Judaism. We're talking about messianic. messianic, messianic. I was going to say messianism, but I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> messianic. This is the truth. A real Hebrew would believe in the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. And he said, yeah, well, a real Jew is someone who will believe that I am the way, the truth, and the light, and that there's no in-between. Because those who don't believe Jesus are Pretty much a synagogue of Satan, he's saying. He's saying, you know, you can't have it both ways. You can't work your way. You can't you can't do it. Often I see these Jehovah Witnesses, you know, on their bicycles. You you can't do it. It it doesn't work. Well, it's actually the Mormons on bikes. You know, the Jehovah's knock on doors. I don't know the difference. They're both a little bit off to me. I think they're off really big. <laughs> Father, I pray for them that they come and know that you are the Messiah, Jesus. Listen, 
We see that the Jews, some here, we see some of the Jews here that are not real Jews that they're pretending and that they don't want to receive the Messiah like Nicol, Nicol, uh, like uh, you know, uh, Jesus told Nicodemus how was one born again. We know the story. And so it says, Do not fear any of those things which are about you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. Listen, Paul was always thrown in jail and tested because these are the tribulations. It's, it's uh, you know, they're going to have 10 short outbreaks of persecution. persecution and so we had it, but it's gonna, there's going to be suffering. And... But the crown of life is going to be given to those who follow Jesus Christ to the very end. Listen, believers, because it says you'll have tribulation for 10 days, but be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Listen, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says of the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Listen, the second death is 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 the, uh, uh, you know, it's basically those who, it's the second death, is, it implies that those believers who do not overcome will be harmed by the lake of fire in the sense that when their works are tried by, by, by fire. So they will suffer loss or reward, but how the promise is best understood here. It says that they, they basically, uh, it, it's the second death, the lake of fire, but us believers, if we endure till the end, will be saved. And so he who overcomes shall 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 not be hurt by the second death because we're born again and we have Jesus Christ and basically it doesn't matter Christ is in us and he loves us and uh, we're going to live forever. We just need to be faithful until the end and we'll be getting the crown of life and give it back to Jesus Christ. What a blessing. And so he who has an ear let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. And to the angel, and, and this is the, actually, uh, verse 12 says, and to the angel of the church of Pergamos writes these things, writes things, says, he who has the sharp two-edged swords, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas who was my was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you, where, where where Satan dwells? But I have a few things against you because you have those who had, who hold the doctrine of Balaam and taught Balak. Balak, this okay. So to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel. Here we go again to eat the things that are sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. Thus you all, thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which things I hate, repent or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Listen, believers, you're going to have to read Numbers chapter uh, 22, 25. Balak, he basically hired Balaam to turn the hearts of Israel away from the Lord. And it was a, uh, it's just, we have the similar, it's a, it's a seduction. It's similar, similar, similar seduction was taking place at the church of Pergamos, especially in regard to the idols and sexual immorality. Acts chapter 15, I preached about it. The Lord did, not me. In Acts 15, 20. So you see the doctrine of the Nicolaitans already seen in the church of Ephesus. And now you're seeing it sim- the similar to Balaam. Okay, that's the, symbol, the similarity 
between the two, but the person that overcomes by faith, okay, is going to be good. Listen, believers, listen to this. Today we see, we see the weakness of the church today, and we start to to see how they're accepting evil practices, and they're compromising, and they have no scripture to back it up. They're, they, they don't want to read verse by verse, which is what we're doing now. They love the itchy ear message, and they're under pressure to receive these ungodly scriptures that are forcing everybody to exercise. They want us to exercise. They want us to, uh, uh, you know, be okay and stand with the evil and and silence us. And so we see what's going on now. <clears throat> we see today the corrupt church. <laughs> and we can see how far it's crept in and how sin has crept in and how there's only going to be one church standing in the end it's compromising they want to compromise they want a little leaven leaven's a lump they want to they they don't want to wait they don't want to uh you know inspect not you know not saying to go into a church and be looked at by everybody but don't let them serve right away. We must see what the Lord is doing in their life. It's not about numbers. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. And Jesus Christ is saying, I want quality, not quantity. Sure, a good, healthy, large church would be nice, but we're not living in a perfect society and we're not living in the days where everybody's perfect we're living in a broken fallen world and we see the Jezebel spirit trying to creep into the church we see the Jezebel spirit it talks about next week and what we're going to get into the corrupt church which we see today we see the seduction was taking place at the church of uh, Pergamos especially in regard to the idols and the uh, doctrine of the Nicolaitans. But we see it now today. We see it in the actual uh, corrupt church today. We see the uh, dead church next week. But we're going to talk about the Jezebel spirit and how the Jezebel spirit is a very strong, seductive spirit, not only sexually, but it, it, uh, you know, it makes its way into the church and divides the church and divides families, divides human beings from that very most relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, we come before you. Lord, we ask in your name, Jesus, that you bless this time. Lord, bless this day. Father, we pray that you, Lord, as we get into the corrupt church uh, next week, Father, we pray that you, Lord, lead. In your name, Jesus, we love you, Father. We pray for the churches. We pray that We pray for the dead churches, Lord, the compromising church and the corrupt church, Father, the churches today that you've written about. Lord, we pray that you, Father, send these stars, these pastors to tame back and to become more like you, Jesus. We thank you for this, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, we're going to talk about the the corrupt church, the dead church in chapter 3, and the immorality 
uh, that is taking place today because of the sexual immorality and all the, uh, you know, Jezebel spirits that are going on in the churches. We're going to talk about the effects upon that and how uh, it destroys the churches and how it destroys uh, human beings in the minds and in the heart. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into that next week. And God bless you guys. And, and thank you for growing in his word. And remember, Jesus Christ loves you and so do I.